everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I am fantastic, Robbie. I am ready to talk about Gil and how just absolutely horrible he is to everyone all the time. Ho, ho, ho. Santa Claus would never. How dare you say a thing? How... Mm-hmm. This is a Christmas episode. Uh, if you guys can piece that together. We are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. For only $2 a month, you can support us and get a lot of bonus material, a lot of bonus podcasts from me and Matt, um, where we do a lot of cool stuff on there. Uh, we thank everyone who supports us on there. This week's episode is Kill Gill, Volumes 1 and 2, episode JBFO1, originally aired December 17th, 2006. Written by Jeff Westbrook, directed by Bob Anderson, received a 5.4 rating with 8.9 million viewers. Uh, the couch gag the family in Christmas attire sits on the couch. The camera pulls out to reveal they are reflected in a Christmas ornament, which is on a Christmas tree, and sells the helper so ball to rest nearby. The whole intro uh, they changed up for this. They they added snow everywhere and made it all festive. Um, it is the best part of this episode. Without it is because it's all downhill from here. Without. Without qualification, it is the best thing in this episode. You watch the first minute and a half, you will get the best. That's the highlight. It's before the episode starts. This episode guest stars Elvis Stoiko as himself. Figure skater. In a very too long sequence at the beginning. I mean, he's fine. He's fine. The sequence just goes on forever. This episode goes on forever, Matt. I could... Um... It never seems to end, and most of it is just interminable sequences in the middle of a calendar going by mm. all right uh so we start we're at crusty's christmas concert which is a ice capade kind of thing it's like an ice skating show with crusty and mel and i guess this cast of characters even though we don't really see anyone else that we know from the crusty the clown show um but the family is there to see this um i i got this is like matt said this is very long very very long it, it's like four minutes at least um of just crusty not crusty complaining mel coming back from his father's funeral which is really lovely um replaced by they're they're obviously replaced by professional skaters but it's all secretive like there's a bunch of stuff happening here the ice arena is being replaced by the basketball floor halfway through the show um matt can i ask you what's the point of this i'm trying to figure that i I guess to emphasize that it is a christmas time episode i don't know maybe they just wanted to make fun of arenas and ice shows and just all kinds of stupid crap and here here's the other thing i'm gonna push back on this is not a Christmas episode. No, it's a all-year-long episode. It starts as a Christmas episode, and then quickly turns into a Gil-Marge episode, even though it's not either. It's... who oh boy. Um, eventually. I'm not going to break... A lot of things happen here. None of it's funny. Um, it's all very minor, and I don't... Elvis Stoico, this is where Elvis Stoico appears. They call him gay, and he says, No, male figure skaters aren't all gay. I have a girlfriend in Vancouver. And you're like, oh, okay, that's cool. Thanks, mm-hmm. Elvis. Thanks for showing up. Um, a fight breaks out between the figure skaters and the arena staff and the Utah Jazz, I guess, because of the basketball flooring. This is also where we're introduced to the best character of all time, the Grumple. Who is not a person in a costume, as we will learn. Yeah, the Grumple is a, is a real creature. 
This is, he's not even the only creature that we see in this episode that is not human. But there are multiple of them. Uh, but the Grumple gets in a... Homer gets in a fight with the Grumple, which is... Grumple is a takeoff on the Grinch. Um, and you know, Homer gets in a fight with the Grumple. And I hope you like the Grumple. Because we're going to see a lot of him. Um, a ton. Yeah. So we cut away from the ice skating stuff because everyone's in a fight. And then we're shopping. And you'd ask, Robbie, why couldn't we just start with them shopping for Christmas stuff? And I'd be like, well, then the episode would be shorter and they'd have to write more. And they didn't want to do that. It's real bad. Really, really. There's lots. I can't. Matt, where would you write? I think I would say that this is top five most filler episodes so far. It certainly seems like because really absolutely nothing happens in this at all, at all. There's nothing. The the plot barely moves. There's no character movement. There's no conflicts really that gets that. There's no escalation of anything. There's no foundation building. There's not even really. There's like I think I laughed once. I think maybe twice. Um, I guess that's something. But most of this is just filler. Like this whole ice skating stuff. It's not funny. It's just stuff happening, and you're like, okay, stuff's happening. Um, the family's shopping at Costington's. Um, where the prices are, or it's Christmas gifts at Hanukkah prices, I believe is what they have their slogan is out front, which is again, that is that's something that is not it's not funny. Um, we have a bit here where Burns is shopping for someone that isn't Smithers, but that is like Smithers, but isn't Smithers. It's a new guy that we just see we see at the Costingtons that Smithers is jealous of. What is why is this here? Uh, because again, they needed filler, and they were like, oh. What would be hilarious? Oh, uh, it turns out that Burns has a crush on somebody, but it's not Smithers. It's just somebody who's like Smithers. Because this, I'm sure this happened to one writer. And they're like, oh, man, this girl went out with this guy who was just like me, but wasn't me. Wouldn't it be funny that it happened to somebody? Let's make it uh, Smithers. I have no problem with them adding character and filling in the the background of the of Springfield and the happenings around Christmas time. I would like them to have jokes, though. There's not a, There's no jokes here. Um, so we get Burns in this, and this is it. We never see Burns or Smithers again in this episode, so they bring up these characters for no reason. So, again, no reason. Not funny. Doesn't build conflict or drama. Doesn't advance plot. Doesn't advance character. Does nothing. Uh, Kearney is there sitting with his son on Santa's lap. Kearney, I guess, still thinks Santa is real. Yeah, his kid is, has to be the one to disabuse him of that notion. Yeah. So, and, and we see that Gil is Santa Claus. Gil is playing Santa Claus at Costington's. Uh, and here is a clip that sets up the plot. I use that worm very lo- I use that term very loosely. Um, this is a clip is a little longer, but it captures basically the entirety of this the of the plot in the first act. What can I do for you, young lady? What I want can't be bought at any store. Ah, oh, what is it, sweetie? Peace on earth? What? No. I, I mean that's a given. But also, the Malibu Stacy Pony Beach Party set with sparkle sand. It's sold out everywhere. You know, Santa thinks he saw an extra beach party set sitting back in the stock room there. <gasps> really? Yeah, you just wait here. Let me go check, Sugar Plum. my daughter's christmas well her smile made mine girl 
march your fake boot fronts over here. Now, uh, uh, Mr. Costington. Sir, I'm glad I had this chance to talk to you. I've been on the payroll here since May, and I'd really like to start working in ladies' shoes. Not literally, of course. I, I couldn't walk very fast, though I'd learn if that's what it takes. Never mind that now. Did you sell the Malibu Stacy set I put aside? Uh, that was for you? It was for my daughter! You nit! I want my dolly! Now get back that toy! Uh, gee, I'm sorry, sir. Taking back that doll would break a little girl's heart on Christmas Eve. I made a lot of mistakes in my life, but I would never do that. Well, then you're fired! Aren't people with weird speech impediments funny, Robbie? N- no. They're not, but The Simpsons seems to act like that's a joke. So this is the this is setting up the... the, the it's Lisa's... Sort of Lisa's fault that Gil got fired, which it really isn't. Um, but Gil doesn't. Gil gets fired because he stands up for his his actions. He he gives a toy to Lisa instead of this other little girl, and because I guess the other little girl is a rich girl, that it's okay that she doesn't get her toy, and Lisa does get it. I don't know. I don't find any. None of this hits me. None of this episode. I I feel nothing, Matt. At any any one point, I never care. Like what? This is the conflict here. This is where like, oh, this is the thing that triggers Marge. That says Marge, we need to step in and help Gil. Is because Gil got fired as a Santa Claus job because he got Lisa a toy that she wanted. And I don't know. I just think Gil's stupid. <laughs> That's all I think. Gil is an idiot. Yeah. Yes, and it's terrible. And I'm just like, why? Why would you do this? It hurts. I uh, there's there, this is the time I'll ask this question, Matt. Do you think that it's possible for Gil to enter the next echelon of supporting Simpsons characters, where he is he, the level of a Skinner or Napoo? Is he a, are we is he able to be projected that move up in the rankings so that he can carry episodes? Is he capable of that as a character? I don't think so. Like I, you know me, I'm always wanting more side characters, but I don't think Gil has been around enough. Uh, to suffer that kind of, kind of treatment. And if he is, he needs a much better episode than this, where we learn absolutely nothing about Gil besides the fact that he's a moocher. That's all we get. I I even hesitate to even go that far, Matt. Like, I don't know if Gil has a... They don't even develop... They develop nothing with him. This is their chance, right? This is like the first real yeah, Gil This episode. is the episode that could happen. Like, oh, we're going to learn about Gil and why he's the way he is and, and how uh, you know this stuff can be helped. But we don't. No, we get nothing about Gil. Uh, and therefore I go, oh, well, I and that's the problem is like you get these chances and they. And I feel like it's not like a comic book guy and Gil and a lot of these, you know, were, were basically stereotype and tropes. They tried to build them up into secondary characters and none of them worked out. All of them are very shallow and bad, mostly because they write them as unlikable monsters. There's no core of humanity here. And and that's not the character's fault. They're not real. Uh, it's the writer's fault. Um, and I'm not going to say, no, you can't make Gil interesting. Because anyone, you can make any character interesting. They've done that. Like, you look at comic books. There are characters like that were one-note joke characters made in the 50s. And then a, some, uh, some, some comic book writer has gone back, found, remembered that character, plucked them out of obscurity. Like, have you seen the new Suicide movie? Suicide Squad movie, Matt? I have, yes. Polka Dot Man. 
Polka Dot Man is a joke. It's always been a joke. Always been a joke. That movie, in an hour and a half, makes Polka Dot Man a real character that you feel for and you root for uh, and makes him interesting, gives him depth and nuance. And for 60 years, 70 years, Polka Dot Man's been a joke. And this is, they did something with him. That's all it takes. You just have to have some creativity and some drive and some motivation and you can make any character interesting so i'm not gonna say gil's not capable of it but i don't think i've seen it yet um but gil gets fired simpsons offer like you'll have dinner with him they feel sorry for him they think it's their fault marge in particular thinks it's their fault let's have let's let's feed gil he's sad he's pathetic let's give him dinner it's christmas time it's the holidays let's they 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 want to do something for him so they want Gil to stay. Uh, they kick Abe out also at the same moment, which. Well, yeah, because they have to show the Simpsons being jerks, obviously, because they, they don't want Grandpa there, but they do want uh, Gil there. I, I don't think it, none of the characters in this are likable. I don't like anyone. I don't like the Simpsons. I don't like nope. Gil. I don't like I don't like Mr. Costington, obviously. Um, Gil's also playing the piano. The Simpsons sometimes have a piano and they're like, now they do have it now. And Gil is playing it. Um, so we, this is how we end the first act where we get a, a Gil basically moving in with the Simpsons. Well, I said I'm staying. How about another song? Jazzing around the Christmas tree. It's a skit scat holiday. It's Christmas! It's Christmas! It's Christmas! I didn't think it would ever come, but it did! <laughs> <laughs> What is all this? Well, I figured since you invited me to stay, I might as well go down to the bus locker and get my stuff. Mm. Marge, we have a problem here. You have a bigger problem out there. Crumbly, crumbly, grew. Your blood will make my stew. Do you think that's the same crumple from the ice show? Because I do. Remember what I said about the crumple? Yeah. About him. Oh, I do remember. Yeah, him coming I... back around. This this is not the last time we'll see the grandpa in this episode. Oh, um, no, at least twice more. This is the only moment that I laughed at all. I don't think I laughed, but I did go, oh, that's... I think Homer's line of, do you think that's the same grumple? I la- I thought... I do. Yeah, that, I got, that got me. I don't think I laughed, but I did go, oh. I went, oh, like, that's something. Um, Gil's living with family now. Um, okay, we go to commercial. Nine minutes and 11 seconds. And when we come back, uh, it's basically uh, more of the same. Uh, at, at this point, Homer is obviously saying, no, this is terrible. I don't want this. Uh, but Marge is her usual self. Why did you let that loser into our home? I'll tell you why. Christian charity. Christian charity? What does a porn star have to do with this? He's got to go. I promise you he'll leave after today. Really? Who's going to make him? I will. He sure has a lot of markers that don't work. Well, I got something. Ah, a spider bite, or as I like to call it, a Christmas kiss. Listen, Gil, I sort of thought there, you know, you'd be on your way by now. Really? You gotta put me out on Christmas Day, huh? <laughs> well, that's all right. I can go down to the men's shelter. I just hope that weird priest with the runny eye ain't surfing soup, because they... Wait, you don't have a place to live? Lower the boom! 
<sighs> I guess you don't have to leave till the holiday's over. Hmm. Has the boom been lowered? No! Oh. So as we can see, Homer wants Gil out of the house. Marge is too much of a pushover to do it because, again, it, it sucks telling somebody you need to leave my house uh, to be, you know, unhoused. But uh, Gil is is basically pushing uh, his luck. All he had to do was be nice about it, and he's not being nice about it. So uh, at this point, Marge lets him stay. We cut to New Year's Day. Gil has stuck around for New Year's Day. He was only supposed to stay there for a day. Instead, he stayed for a week till New Year's Day. Uh, Marge still feels bad uh, for various reasons uh, and says, okay, well, you can stay because he's waiting on a call from Scottsdale uh, about a real estate job. Uh, this is, I believe, an allusion to the fact that Gil is basically one of the characters. Uh, was it Jack Lemmon's character uh, from Glengarry Glen Ross? Mm-hmm. Is that right? Okay. Yes. That was the original inspiration. Yeah. Okay. That was the original in- inspiration. Uh, uh, but this call has not come yet. Let's put it that way. Um, so we find out that when Homer confronts Marge about this, that Marge has a reason for never wanting to say no to somebody. I'm not keeping that moocher in this house another minute. <laughs> He's still in need. We have to let him stay. It's what Dr. King would want us to do. Oh, that's it. We're changing doctors. Please, just a few more days. Marge, admit it. You just can't say no to anyone. That's why you have three kids. It's true. I do have trouble saying no. It all started when I was seven. Marjorie, we need you to hide our cigarettes in your dollhouse. No! <laughs> And that's why I have trouble saying no to people, even Gil. Marge, I have no idea what you were just thinking about. Why would you think I did? Once again, we're invited to peek behind the curtain, and we do not like what we find, because why would you bring that up? Jeez, I just... When you have a cutaway like that, it's supposed to be this is a story that the person is telling another person, not, oh, they just thought about it in their head and thought the other person could see it. It's so stupid. It's like them kind of just punching you. It's just like you're just like watching. It's like just like for no reason. Like, like if you're like hanging out with your friend and then they just punch you and you're like, why did you do that? They're like, oh, I felt like it. And you're like, that's it. And there's no reason like that. There's not even a reason. They just do it. You're like, oh, we're going to punch you in the face. With this, 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 this purposeful, like, like lampshading of their own. Like, I don't know what, I don't know what purpose this solves. Uh, what problem this solves. Um, where's Gil, Matt? Where's Gil here? Is he still? He's wh- still hanging around. This is Martin oh, Luther King Day. Uh, oh, Martin Luther uh, King January. Day. Okay, good. It's Martin Luther King Day. Got mm-hmm. it. Cool. Okay. So Gil's still hanging around. Yep. Uh, we then fast forward to Valentine's Day, where Gil is still hanging around. Uh, Marge and Homer are about to get busy uh, when Gil just bursts into their uh, the bedroom eating the chocolate that uh, Homer bought for Marge, which is probably the first time we've ever seen Homer remember a holiday, but still. So Homer is, of course, just out of his mind, uh, mad. Uh, Marge is still being equivocal about it. She's just like, no, I can't get rid of him. It's it's too sad, blah, blah, blah. Matt. We then fast. Matt. Yes. What is this? I don't know. 
And I'm going to keep saying, I don't know, uh, because that's all this entire act is, is fast forwarding, fast forwarding, fast forwarding to Gil still being there and jokes about Gil still being there and Marge not being able to do anything. There is zero character development. There is zero plot development, nothing whatsoever. That's the entire act. I could stop right now and say, yeah, we eventually get to September and he's still there. Um, it's at this point where you're like, okay, so it's been months of this man in their house and what, and like, okay, Marge has a problem saying no to people. That's what they do. That's the, that's what they're kind of, that's the conflict they're building is that Marge, it's, it can't tell people she can't hurt people. She's having trouble saying, even when it's in her, in her best interests, when, it's her family's best interests. She can't say no to someone. Okay. As a rational man, I personally just go, oh, well, couldn't she just have Homer kick him out? Homer doesn't seem to care. And if she, re- if she inside, if she eternally goes, oh, I don't want him here, but I can't, it's her, it's painful for me to say no. Couldn't she just go, oh, I'm going to leave the house. I'm going to take the kids. Homer, you get Gil out while we're gone. When we come back, Gil will be gone. I don't have to worry about it. It might be cold. At this point, Gil's been there for months. That we don't get any moments of Gil, like of Marge going to Gil and saying, "Hey, Gil, you're still working on that job," or like he just they vaguely reference a Scottsdale job over and over and over again. But there's no there's no meaningful character around it. There's no character work. There's nothing to make Gil look human. Gil only times we see Gil is when he is barging into people's bedrooms eating gifts. Who am I rooting for, Matt? I don't know because Marge is unlikable in this. She's just being a wuss, and I think you're supposed to like push her. And Gil's unlikable, so there's no point to this. It's Breaking Bad all over again. <laughs> oh boy, hot take. I mean, I agree with you, so, but I agree with you. Yeah. But... <laughs> okay, okay, okay. You're not wrong, but you shouldn't so, say it. <laughs> exactly. So we fast forward to St. Patrick's Day. Gil is still around. Homer is in bed on St. Patrick's Day for some reason, not wanting to party. Uh, Gil has some randos, including a leprechaun downstairs <laughs> There's a who leprechaun. fights with the dog and then da- dances on the dog's head. There's a leprechaun, man. A literal, a, a literal fight. leprechaun. This is not imagined. This is not a dream. This is not a hallucination. This is not Ralph imagining a leprechaun. There is a leprechaun in the house. Because mm-hmm. it's St. Patrick's Day, and that's where you'd find a leprechaun. What apparently. is this? This is oh god almighty and why isn't homer drinking it's st patrick's day yeah exactly none of this makes sense there's literally a, so, a st patrick's day episode where homer is waiting outside of moe's waiting for it to get along getting waiting for it so it gets past the blue laws mm-hmm. okay yep all right so we then fast forward to september 8th that's the next holiday we go for there's no easter there's no memorial day no fourth of july not even labor day september 8th which is like teacher's appreciation day or something weird like that uh where we find bart and lisa complaining about gill because he stole their lunches he has been living with them for nine months and feels the need to steal their lunches rather than just eat food out of the fridge so are we to assume that marge is not feeding him that's what she's gotten to or is is he just a jerk matt i'm assuming he's a jerk uh what i assume matt is they had a they had a joke they 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 came up with this device where what could be a joke that could revolve around Gil living in their house? Oh, it's like, oh, he stole the kids' lunches. 
And so the kids get their lunch stolen by Nelson, and Nelson eats something gross that Gil left behind in their lunches. They have that that framing device of a uh-huh. joke, and so they went with it. That's what happened. That's all it is. This is not. They didn't have any good reason for this. That and the and they they have Nelson eating used nicotine patches. Why does this have to be so gross? Why is this so gross? I don't know. Why, why does Nelson eat the Band-Aids that Gil exchanged her lunch for and then almost die? They're not Band-Aids, Matt. They're different. They're worse. What are they <laughs> They're n- Use nicotine patches. Oh, that's right. That's why he passes out. Okay. I don't think I heard that. I just saw it and it looked like it. Anyway, so Nelson passes out from nicotine overload uh, or not enough knowing Nelson. Maybe Nelson already smokes. We don't know. And we finally get to uh, Thanksgiving uh, where... Marge has finally had enough. She's finally had enough, and it it broke her. So we go for this big confrontation. I'm so sick of Gil. He ruins Thanksgiving, uses my leg razor to peel his carrots. Marge, I hate to interrupt the old Salilla Diddly Illoquy, but I just want to thank you for your early Christmas card. Christmas card? I haven't even taken the photo yet. Isn't this your posse on this glossy? <gasps> Photoshopping freak! Oh, I don't mean to cause Gil ill will, but still... Don't you defend him! I want that mooch out of my house right now! Marge, I've never seen you like this before. That's right! I just found my gumption, and I like it! Marge Simpson is gonna say no! Gil? 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 Gil's gone. Back to Scottsdale. Problem solved. End of story. Can we have pancakes for dinner? Gil's gone, but I have a no inside me that has to come out. Hey, Marge, you want $1,000? No! I mean, yes. Too late. Don't worry. I make six of those a year. So, Gil is gone. He's gone back to Scottsdale. I I can't with this. I hate everything that happened. Everything that happened in this clip, I hate, hate. Yeah, Mar- um, Lisa and Bart are the only like them going good. Episodes over. That I'm like, th- yes, please, Lisa, please, please, can we do that? Can we stop it? That would be the ideal. Somehow only they know. Marge has not noticed that Gil has gone. Uh, did Gil just leave? Like, did Marge go out to rake the backyard and Gil left in the meantime? He got the call and left. I guess Homer makes six thousand dollars a year. I guess. <laughs> and thankfully, that's when we go to commercial, and this is done. I guess. I guess. This is embarrassing, Matt. This episode's embarrassing. Uh-huh. This is shameful. <laughs> I've said that before, but this is... They literally... Uh, uh, I don't... like A cat could write the end of this episode that makes sense. Like, why on earth would you have Go- Gil leave? Why would you do this? I guess they have to show that Marge was wrong, uh, or that... She I, wasn't I think, wrong. Okay. There's nothing... Marge did nothing wrong. It was that she did nothing at all is the problem. She, she, when a carrot, when, if I have a problem for nine months, after a while, it's, I'm the blame because mm-hmm. I ignore it and I don't do anything about it. Marge is the problem, not Gil. If, if Marge really cared about Gil not being in the house, she would kick him out. I don't blame Gil in this situation. I don't really get any information about Gil. 
We get him doing a few like random things. He steals kids' lunches. He photoshops his picture into some holiday cards. Uh, he throw He has a party at St. Patrick's Day. He ruined Thanksgiving. Apparently, I don't know any of this because I don't see it. I am told most of this stuff. So if it's nine months and after and Marge does nothing about it, it's not Gil's fault that he's hanging around. It's Marge's fault that he's hanging around. So I blame Marge. I hate Marge. I go, Marge, please do something. Get Gil out of this episode. That is also not helpful is because Gil's just annoying as a character in general. And this is their chance to make him like personable and likable, but instead they do the opposite. And so it doubles, it kind of uh, compounds the problem because I want Gil gone, not just from the Simpsons house, but from this episode. And Marge refuses to do anything about it. So it just makes me angry at Marge, because I'm like, Marge, please get him out of this episode. Please leave him. And now, Gil is out of the episode, like Lisa Bart said? But no, we have to go find him. Why? <sighs> well, Robbie, you see, because this is another allusion to the whole Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross thing. Best I got. It's not. I don't think so. We come back from commercial. Here, come back from commercial. This is not 17 minutes and 26 seconds. There is literally three and a half minutes to wrap this up. What? Why? Why would you do this? Marge. So Marge refuses to just let bygones be bygones and give up. Like, why on earth would you chase? You've been trying to kick this guy out of your house for nine months and he leaves finally and you want to you go after him. It's at this point that Marge is no longer as frustrating. She's certifiable. Go get help, Marge. Go to therapy. What are you doing? So they have to go to they go to they go to Scottsdale, Arizona, because that's where Gil is. Apparently, he got a, he got the call, and they go there. And there's multiple jokes about how Arizona's hot. It's hot there. Hey, Matt, Robbie. What's a good way to show that it's hot somewhere? It's hot in Arizona. Um, uh, they have like uh, they run across some people who they think are elderly, but instead they're just, they're actually in the thirties, um, because mm-hmm. the heat has made them old looking. Um, they walk by a bank sign that has a temperature on it, and they have a joke about Homer leaving the dog in the car in the hundred seventeen degree heat. Which, what is this? Is this okay? So Matt here. There's only two things I could look like this joke lasts maybe it's what fifteen seconds. Joke. I'm not gonna call that it. It's not it's a thing that happens this episode. It's not a joke. It's not funny. Uh there's only two reasons you would do this. You'd have this in the scene where Homer looks, sees the temperature, goes back to the car where the dog is melting inside, and says there's he literally looks at Sansel Helper, windows rolled all the way up and says, There's water under the seat, which I assume is a water bottle. Um and then walks away, leaves the dog in there. So there's only two things. Either one, I'm supposed to think that Homer is a monster, like just a, a, a literally a, a pet abuser. I'm supposed to think that. That's number one. Or number Which, two. given Homer's recently, we can believe. I, that's the thing. Or number two, that the writers of The Simpsons think that a dog dying in a hot car is hilarious. Which one is it? Hmm. Maybe a little bit of both. How about a little bit of both? That's fine. So upsetting. It's so upsetting. So f- they're in Scottsdale. It's real hot. Guys, you know that Arizona's hot? I mean, if you know that, Arizona's hot. Um, but everywhere, all the signs, all the buses, all the benches, they're all plastered with Gil's face because he is a big shot real estate guy in Scottsdale. Matt, how long has it been yes, since Robbie. how long has it been since he left Springfield? 
We aren't told. I assume, knowing Mark, she would want to leave immediately to get this no out of her, but we don't know. Maybe it's been a day. Maybe it's been a year. We don't know and don't care. It would take months. I'm just saying, like, how on earth is all his face all over everything? It would take months for that to happen, for him to build up. Regardless, they finally, they they track him down. He's a big shot real estate agent now, I guess. The big shot realtor in Scottsdale. Marge tracks him down to give him a big no. The only house I'm interested in is my own, which you defiled for 11 hellish months. But now I've learned to say no. No to your mooching. No to your manipulation. And a big fat no to the Kingsbridge School District. Oh, Oh, come on. You can't say no to old Gil. No! Why, he's as pathetic as we are. (laughs) (laughs) Gunderson! I put you in charge of this office because I thought you could tame this town. You're fired! Here's a box for your stuff. I can't live in this. May the calendar keep ringing. Happy holidays to you. Ah! Grumpily Grumpily Grew, we're here to share Christmas with you. Aww. Have a grumpy, grumpy Christmas. Free up Grumpy Grew. Oh, I'm grumpful. Have a grumpy, grumpy Christmas. Won't you? Um, I have so many problems. So many problems. I should with hope this. so. I have so many problems with this man. It's just it's so frustrating. Um because I feel like this is an ending to an episode I didn't watch. It's it's not even an ending to anything. It's not an ending, I guess. It it but it does like the I discounting the house stuff and the grumpus whatever the hell is grumple stuff going on at the very end. Discount all that. Just we'll stop with start with that scene. That is how the episode ends, by the way, guys listening that is how this that is the last scene in this episode we have a family of grumples singing christmas songs with the simpsons in scottsdale because they bought a house in scottsdale for whatever reason but discounting all that marge goes to they they go to they travel to scottsdale to find gill because she needs to tell him and find him as a successful real estate agent and then she delivers this angry monologue about how he manipulated her and is that what he did or did he just ask for charity and she said okay we saw i okay i saw from my my viewpoint i'm not gonna say no one will see this but i saw literally zero scenes in this episode that show gil manipulating her zero scenes in that so i i heard people talk about it a couple times Heard Marge and the kids and Homer talk about Gil manipulating people. Never saw him do it. Never saw a literally single scene where Gil, where we get an idea of Gil maybe having shady eyes or or purposefully going, hey, uh, I need, I can't, her trying to kick him out in March and him going, no, I can't, just give me a few more months, uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, We don't see that. We see him being sad and poor and needing help and Marge helping him. For 11 months. 
And then she gets mad at him, so mad that she travels to Scottsdale and gets him fired from a job. He's finally successful, and she gets him fired. What? What is, or is wrong with her? What is wrong with Marge? A lot, apparently. What is wrong with Marge? And what is wrong with that weird-ass place that Gil is working that fires him for no reason whatsoever? Because some, someone yelled at him, and therefore... He's that pathetic. Gets him fired. This episode is a mess. It's terrible. Um, why did the Simpsons buy it? They buy a house in Scottsdale, Matt. Why did they do that? Great question, Robbie. I have no idea. Did they do that to get Gil like a commission? Is that Maybe. the idea? I, I, I don't know. I don't either. Like, I, and the why are the Grumples here? Why are why is there a family of them? <laughs> why are there a family of Grumples? There are a, two two adult Grumples and two kid Grumples, and they're friendly now. They're not they're not angry at at Homer anymore. Do we know why? No, we have, we don't know anything about this, Robbie. That's the problem. I this episode's miserable. Mm-hmm. I laughed. There, I got one laugh at out of this whole episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's when, to be fair, and this is a thing that they don't also don't reference, and I, I would have loved to have seen um, more of to make this more interesting. Because there's a scene where when Gil first moves in, where he's he makes breakfast for the kids. He makes some eggs. Uh-huh. And that's like, oh, that's him doing something around the house to try and make himself useful. It's like, oh, I'll make breakfast for the kids. He makes some eggs and he makes a reference to like an old Hollywood thing. Um, because they're always and he's like, the eggs are blah blah blah, and they're always running. And Lisa kind of half chuckles at it. She's like, ha 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 ha. And Bart's like, Did you understand that? And Lisa's like, kinda. That made me, Lisa's saying kinda. That made me laugh because that makes reminds me of Simpsons episodes, Simpsons references that they have made. That yeah, it, that is relatable, um, and that's a, a nice scene because it shows Gil as a human. But instead, they had a lot of calendar jokes about holidays, like Secretary Appreciation Day or whatever the hell. Um, there's nothing in this episode. It is just it is empty. Mm-hmm. It uh, it feels like they purposely wrote a bad episode. It does feel like that. It feels like they did a Christmas episode and they wanted to be all, oh, this is this is all happy or whatever, but it doesn't make any sense. It feels like this, here now. This is I don't know. I don't think I've ever made this comparison before. It feels like someone who hated The Simpsons wrote in a Simpsons episode. That's what it feels. I, yeah. like. It feels like that. That's what this feels like. It feels like someone like a secret agent inside the Simpsons writers room, like sabotaging the show. Uh huh. Which is not what happened. Pretty sure. But it feels like it. That's not a good thing. Um, this episode is if, if we were not a PG podcast, this is where I'd be cursing because um, it makes me very angry that I spent time watching this and time talking about it. And I think I think, Matt, I would not be surprised if we spend more time talking about it and working and me on post-production editing this episode and doing stuff for our Patreon. I think we probably spent more time on it than the Simpsons writers did. That sounds about right. Because this feels like something they knocked out in an hour and then sent it in and said it's good enough. Maybe it's not true. Probably not true. It still feels like it. We'll rank it at the end of the show. Robbie, is this episode broken? No, you were right the first time with that quick fix idea. Let's see. Quick fix. Quick fix. Ah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. There's not. There's nothing in this. All right. We could, like, you and I, Matt, are writing an episode from scratch because there's nothing. There's nothing in this. This is nothing. There no. You, I could write. I could knock this out in 20 minutes. There, like, it takes more time to actually physically write it than it takes to think of it. Um, fix it. It's easy. That's the other thing. This is not a hard problem. You 
you you start the same way. This is not one of those episodes where we go, this doesn't need to exist. Like, you and I both agree, the Simpsons need more supporting cast members, after, especially after the death of Phil Hartman. You need some people to fill in those gaps. And Gil could be that character. It wouldn't be that hard. A lovable loser is an easy character to, for an audience to attach themselves to if you build them correctly. And that's the key, building them correctly. But you start you, – and, like, there's so – it's so many easy parallels because Homer was a fake Santa. In the very first episode of The Simpsons, Homer was a fake Santa who needed money. It's so easy to have Gil just follow that same path. Gil is a fake Santa needs money. He gets fired because he helps Lisa. They bring him in, and it's not complicated. You just don't make him so annoying. You just make him a drain, like, because it takes so long. He impacts the family. It doesn't matter. If you have house guests for a long extended period of time, it doesn't matter if you like them, if they're good people. You're going to want privacy. You're going to want your house back. And you could just do it that way. You don't need to make him a drain on the house actively. And you don't need to make Marge so angry. She could just make one him gone without wanting to say it. But you make Gil likable. You have more scenes where Gil feeding the kids, but he messes up. He doesn't know how to cook eggs right. He wants to help run the house, but he knocks down a painting or something. By his dusting. Yeah. It's things like that. Things are on the around the edges. He tries to find jobs. He just keeps. He's just a loser. He can't help it. He's he's, and and then eventually you get to someone. So you get to a moment where Marge wants to kick him out, and maybe he does. She does, but then she feels bad, and she they go find Gil and they get him a job, or something like it's so easy, or get him back in as a realtor, and you they buy a house where like it's like there's a million things, but this is like the opposite. What is this nonsense, Matt? Good question, Robbie. Couldn't tell you. Like, why do you go? Why go so far from an established story shape? They've done ep- They've done multiple episodes where a, a a a town member has stayed with the Simpsons, and we in, we are endeared to them. They've done it multiple times. Do it again with Gil. Write him as a human. No, too hard, Robbie. Too hard. I guess that's true. It's too hard. Oh, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for comments from news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments from the news group is where I ask our patrons for their thoughts on an episode. Um, they leave their short reviews. I read them on air. If you want to join us, you can go to patreon.com slash the Simpson Show. For any any level of support, you can uh, you can leave your review. First from Derek. Hadn't a clue what was going on. Complete mess and very, very irritating. Happy holidays started to grade on the nerves very quickly, and everyone in this episode is so thoroughly detestable that I just couldn't wait for it to end. Wretched episode. 100% agree with you. Uh, from Tim, mm-hmm. well, we managed a week without Jerk Homer, but never fear he's back. I don't know what to make of this one, as we're also back to lazy homophobic jokes about locking Grandpa out of the house on Christmas Eve. On the other hand, we do get a deep dive on supporting character, which is rather unusual for this area of The Simpsons. There's a pretty decent gag involving the day-by-day calendar. Not sure what the point of the grump character is, but I did find them marginally amusing. Projected rank number 277. Yeah, that's way too optimistic, Tim. There's no way this is in the oh. 200s. Not even a chance. I can. I'd have no idea. I haven't looked at the list since last week. No idea. There's no way I'm putting this episode above 300. No, there's no way. Uh, from Charles, seems like since 
Phil Hartman's death, they are trying to make Gil Gunderson the new drop-in character. Problem is that Gil doesn't have the same charisma as Lionel Hutz. Writers know this, so they push his patheticness to the nth degree. Gil's the type of character who's good in small doses like Mole Man, and failing everything he does is the joke. So we're bringing so much attention to him, you show him to be really unlikable, because now we see the reason he fails so much. Um, more Gil hate from Aaron. Okay, I'm just going to say it. I've never liked Gil. To me, he is just a mediocre character introduced in a mediocre episode from a mediocre season. For some reason, the writers are always foisting him down the viewers' throats. These crazy cat lady and duff man usually just make cameos. But Gil just won't go away. I feel like the family speaks for the entire audience when they get annoyed by his existence in their lives. Another confession... Outside of Kate Fear, I have never laughed at any time Homer has done one of his loud whispers. They are never funny. Plus, most of the jokes in this episode are rip-offs of other shows. The house guest over staying a welcome has been used on Three's Company, and Happy Days, and Good Times. And, well, you get the idea. The fake figure skating by Krusty and Mel was lifted from David Letterman. Going through an entire year in one episode is from MASH. The grumble stuff is basically just Peter Griffin versus the chicken. Oh, and look, jokes about dog abuse and Jews being cheap. Those are always fun. Oh, and now the Simpsons live in Scottsdale. Sure, why not? Why would anyone make sense? Why would any? Why should anything make sense by now? I would call this the worst episode of season eighteen, but I know that revenge episode is coming up soon. I'm not sure what Aaron's talking about, but that upsets me. <laughs> I feel I'm sure it's something bad. Coming I, up. Yeah, I feel some disturbance in the force, but I'm not sure. I appreciate that uh, from JJ. This is a very mixed episode. It has some good jokes, some potential with Marge's inner conflict. Also, a lot of jokes which are bad, even by season eighteen standards. Plot starts off okay, but goes downhill quickly, and the ending is just mind-bogglingly stupid. Does a good enough job endearing you to Gil by having him get Lisa her toy, and then refusing to take it back, even if it means it meant getting fired, but then it doesn't follow through in developing his character at all. He doesn't have an arc. Marge is the one with an arc, and it's fumbled at best. The grumple stuff is painfully unfunny, and somewhere as Homer's loud whispering. They start doing that a lot around this area, and it's always obnoxious. Overall, the bad outweighs the good, but it's not the worst of the season. Ooh, boy, that's... That's saying a lot. Yeah, I'm it is. Now. Yeah, yeah I'm, I don't like this at all. From Benjamin. So let's come to this, a Simpsons Gill episode. <laughs> Remember that one-dimensional side character, Gill? Well, he's back, but still in one-dimensional form. This is, was perhaps the most boring episode of The Simpsons to date. It was halfway through, and they were already out of ideas. It wasn't interesting. It wasn't funny. I learned nothing about these characters. I went from apathy towards Gill to genuine dislike. Moving on, the Grumple was there. We don't know why. Finally, Homer mostly, most likely killed his helper. Those last two points make it hard to tell if this was just horribly bland or just horrible. I just realized this episode was my gill. I just wanted it out of my home. Uh, yeah, that works out. That, that's beauty. Poetry, yep. Benjamin. Be- that's just poetry. Uh, finally, oh, Matt, I didn't know if you knew this, um, but oh, no. Mr. Simpson's writer is a fan of the show. He's on a Patreon. Oh, no. Uh, from, this is from Mr. Simpson's writer. I remember writing this episode well. We just polished off some rotisserie chicken when it came to me. We haven't had an entire episode focused on everyone's favorite episode. Uh, everyone's favorite character, I, I believe. Old Gil. But I'm not going to focus on Gil today. I'm going to be focused on who I believe to be the best character we, the writers of The Simpsons, have created in the entire run of the series. I am, of course, speaking of none other than The Grumple. I don't know if you caught this, but The Grumple is a subtle reference to the titular character in Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. I know, your mind is blown. Isn't it hilarious that he wants that he wants to kill Homer? Man, we really earned our chicken that night. Mr. Mm. Simpsons I mean, I'm Mr. Simpsons writer, uh I'm glad that you support us on Patreon. I don't know if you're gonna really enjoy most of these episodes uh as we go along <laughs> at this point. We're still years from what when the quote unquote good years come back. And by good I mean better. I think after the movie, everyone says it perks up, but we'll see about that. That's it for uh, 
for that. Thanks. Thank you for that segment. Thank you guys for for supporting us. Thank you for leaving reviews and watching this terrible episode with us. I really feel for you this week. This episode, oof, boy, this tested me. Um, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog. We have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is, what is your favorite buddy cop movie? Uh, plenty of good answers. Thanks for everyone who took the time. Matt, take it away. Mm, indeed. All right. First one from Derek. Die Hard with a Vengeance. Some losers, just my dad, stuff up their nose at the third one. Never heard stuff up my nose, but I get it. Uh, but I'm sorry, Bruce Willis driving like a lunatic in a yellow taxi across NYC with Samuel L. Jackson in tow trying to defuse bombs. I mean, it's just so much fun. How can you not love it? Uh, from Alex Rush Hour, Jackie and Chris were a great duo. Uh, from Alexander Turner and Hooch, saw it on TV and the ending really shocked me. That is definitely true. Uh, Andy Hoffman, The Rock with Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery. Oh, man. Uh, from well, Jim, also welcome just Beverly to The Hills Rock. Cop. Yeah, yeah. Also, just Beverly Hills Cop with Eddie Murphy and Judge Reinhold. The inner city cop works amongst the rich folks plot. It very easily could have been tried, but this worked. I'd also like to nominate a TV show, The Underrated Nash Bridges with Don Johnson, teaming with a reserved version of Cheech Marin. Nash Bridges is criminally underrated. I'm going to say it. I agree with them. Wow, criminal? Criminally underrated, Matt. Criminally so underrated. So they should go to Has jail. I haven't even heard of Nash Bridges. I know about it because Nash Bridges was always air- aired on USA, and I used to watch when I was watching uh, WWE uh, Raw on USA. I would. There was always commercials oh. for Nash Bridges. I never, obviously never watched it. Why would I? Then why would you? Good point. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> All right, uh, from Anthony, uh, the Bad Boys series. Can't get better than Will Smith and Martin Lawrence hamming it up. Cop Out, starring Bruce Willis and Tracy Morgan, is pretty damn funny, too. Haven't seen that one. Hmm. I'm going to disagree with Anthony on that second point. On about Oh, have you seen Cop Out? I have I, I have seen Cop Out. I'm going to... Oh, that bad, huh? I'm going to... I'll just I'll just be polite and say I disagree. Okay, we'll leave it at that, then. Uh, from Matt Energy Turtle, does 48 hours count even though one of them wasn't a cop? Yeah, it does. I don't make the rules, except I just did. <laughs> Absolutely true. I think 40 hours counts. 40 hours is, yeah, it works. Yeah. Uh, from Matt Nathan Fox, Hot Fuzz, obviously. Uh, from Matt Asaf Ra- Raji, Raji, uh, Tango and Cash. Uh, from Matt Yitzis Aaron, Stakeout is terrific, and one scene in particular is one of my all-time favorites. Emilio Estevez is a movie freak who acts out scenes during the, sh- the shakeouts. When he does the bigger boat line from Jaws, Richard Dreyfus has no clue what it is. Great meta joke. I believe Aaron meant stakeouts, but yeah. I believe so as well, but you know, I read what people write. Uh, from Matt Brian J. Field, the other guys is hilarious, and it's not exactly a buddy cop movie because the characters are spies. I Spy is always also hilarious. I Spy is hilarious. Robbie, what is yours? Um, I have two answers. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cheat. Because it's my podcast, I'm allowed to. Um, a serious answer, and a, uh, I have a comedy answer and a, and a drama answer. Um, my drama answer is seven. Huh. Of course, there's the those are there's a pair of cops in it, and they are they're they're they become friends. So it's a buddy cop movie. Mm-hmm. It's also horrific. Um, but the comedy answer is Men in Black. Oh, that's a good one. Dang, I forgot about that. First, I mean, you are allowed to use my answer if you like, Matt. What is your answer? I would. Uh, so I want to pick Hot Fuzz. I do, because it's the best one par excellence. But it's a send up of the whole genre. So I feel like it's hard to choose that as my actual one. My actual one's going to have to be Die Hard with a Vengeance, because, again, Samuel L. Jackson and Bruce Willis, I really hope they hate each other in real life as much as they seem to hate each other in this movie, because I would find that amazing. But if you really want to look at a great critical deconstruction 
of the buddy cop genre or the action cop genre. Hot Fuzz is just it is in my top three movies of all time. I'll put it that way. Hot Fuzz is great. I also I also I didn't I, I didn't pick it up for that same reason. It's it's more of a deconstruction than it is, even though it does still have the same. It, it that's why it's brilliant. It's because it manages to function as both. Um, you could argue, Matt. Here, this is you say, Dire of the Vengeance, which is a great movie. I, I'm a, I'm mm-hmm. also team pro Dire of the Vengeance, but you could argue the first Die Hard is a buddy cop movie in a weird way because it kind of is even though the buddies don't even meet each other until the end they don't meet each other until the very last scene of the movie but they are they're talking to each other the entire time they're both cops Mm -hmm. maybe uh next week's question what is your favorite holiday movie that isn't a christmas movie so a movie that takes place during a holiday that's not christmas i'll say how, how about this it's not christmas or halloween Oh yeah, that's true. I, I better disqualify Halloween too. Watch Robbie. We got New Year's, Valentine's Day, uh, St. Patrick's Day, Fourth of July. What's your favorite Labor Day movie? I mean, I have an answer already for this. Like, I didn't have to think very hard oh. for it. So, I don't know. Maybe other people will. They'll probably people come up with probably really good answers. So, favorite movie set on holiday isn't Christmas or Halloween. I'll probably find a better way to phrase that when I post this question on our social media, Twitter at SimpsonShowPod. You can email us at SimpsonShowPod at gmail.com. And again, I post this question on our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for the new Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge is where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions, one easy, one medium, and one hard, and try and stump the other. Matt has a three-point lead on me so far this season, which I don't appreciate because it feels like I've already lost. Um, ready for an easy question, Matt? I am ready. Marge takes on what job in Relty Bites? God damn it, I knew this was going to happen. She becomes a realtor. That's true. Did you do the same episode? Did you also I pick? did. Okay. This is the only other Gill episode. That's, yeah. I thought you were better than this, Robbie. No, I'm Matt. Come on. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, Robbie, in Realty Bites, who is the only person to buy a house for Marge? Uh, Flanders? You are correct. I was like, does that count? She's, they rip up the check at the end, but... Yeah, they do, but they're the only person who, who intends to buy. Okay. Your medium question, Matt. How many years of real estate experience does Gil have? Oh, I'm going to go with 13. 42. 42. Good Lord. That's a lot. Okay. Your medium question. What is the name of Snake's car that Homer buys? Premium. Um, She takes premium, dude. Um, is it Darling? Oh, I'm sorry. It's Little Bandit. Little Bandit. You've asked me this question before, Matt, I think, and I've got it wrong Probably every have. single time. All right, Matt. You're a hard question. What is Lionel Hutz's slogan as a realtor? His slogan as a realtor? Huh. It's, it's on his business card. Uh, if you lived here, you'd be home by now? <laughs> I think that's a sign gag from somewhere else. In this, he Simpsons. says that in this episode. Oh, does he? Okay. No, you're, yeah. the slogan is, you'll go nuts for Lionel's Hutz. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. All right, your hard question. What is the name of the killer and the person who survived in the so, uh, the murder house? I don't know, man. I have no idea. Okay. Uh, it is the Jealous Jockey and Mrs. Astor. But I mean, this is impressive. We both managed to not get any questions in an episode that we both did. That's our trivia. <sighs> Matt, I've had a very trying week. 
Okay. Um, uh, we all have, really. I, yeah, but I, I'm not too upset. This is not nearly. This is not even the top five most upsetting things that's happened to me this week. So, um, I'm. That's fine. I'm fine. I don't care. Uh, this can't. It can't hurt me. The watching watching uh Kill Gill Volumes one and two was in that top five, but the trivia me getting trivia questions wrong is not. Um yeah. that's where Matt still has a three point lead on me. We're we still got a long ways to go. We're we're not even halfway through the season yet. Um that'll do that. Do it for that, we can move on to our final segment. The segment we end every single episode with it's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part of the show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. Um, this is going way down there. Oh, boy. Um, it's really bad. Um, okay, well, it's well, I'm I'm let's see. There's a I, this is good enough litmus test as anything, Matt. Uh, Chris Simpson's Christmas Stories. Last season's Christmas episode is number 334. Is it better or worse than Simpsons Christmas Stories? I'm going to say worse. I'm going to agree with you. It this, is worse. This is awful. I hate this so much. Yeah, it's real bad. Okay, so let's. I'm going to jump down a little bit and see if we... Another another good litmus test episode. Is this better or worse than Kiss Kiss Bang Bangalore? The India episode. Hmm. Uh, I, mm, no, it's it's... It's not actively offensive. It's just stupid and a waste of my time. So it's in a good area uh, around Kiss Kiss Bangalore because like, you've got Tennis to Menace and Million Dollar AB and Mobile Home where all of these completely pointless wastes of time. But I feel like <sighs> Kiss Kiss Bangalore ought to be about where we put things that are actively offensive. Have to go below that. I mean, Homer does kill a dog in this episode, Matt. There is a, there is a dog. pretty that's a, there is an anti-Semitic joke in here about ch- be all right. Ch- you know what? Dudes. You know what? Oh yeah, that's true. Okay, you know what? All right, fine. It's going lower than that. I forgot about that. Thank you. All right, in that case, I'm going to put it. Oh god, probably somewhere <laughs> saying, down around. I was. I'm not going to say it's worse, but I'm saying it does have those things in it. I'm not trying to actively it argue. Does, that, may, that makes me think it's worse. Okay, I'm going to go with the frying game because wow. the ending comes out of out of absolutely Ooh. nowhere. Oh, it's worse than the. I don't know. I don't. I would not go that below, Matt. These. All right. I wouldn't go the below the. I would not. I'm. I'm playing. I'm being a little devil's advocate for you. I. I would. I. I, I like. Th- and this speaks to just how bad some of these episodes are. Like this episode is truly miserable. I don't. Th- I. I don't think it's as bad as the frying game. I don't think it's as bad as the sweetest of poo or it's mad 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 Marge. I do think it's in. I don't think it commits. Like the sins that those these those episodes like Dude Where's My Ranch, Brawl in the Family, Three Gives the Condo, Tennis the Menace, uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bangalore, I think is a good limits test. Where Kiss, I think Kiss Kiss Bang Bangalore has more of a plot, has more of a story. That is, all of those episodes have well, okay. Uh, Brawl I'm not, in the Family. Has I'm no not. Story. I don't know where ten, like Tennis the Menace and Three Gives the Condo are both also narrative messes. Kiss Kiss Bang Bangalore has less of that. It's still there. All these episodes do. Almost universally, these season 17, 18 episodes are all universally narrative messily because they spent no time on them. Um, but this Kiss Kiss Bang Bangalore has something. There is no story. There's nothing but filler in this episode. Nothing happens. Nothing gets resolved in Kill Gil. Mm. Um, Marge yells at Gil at the end and gets him fired. That's all that happens. But that's not a... Again, there's no character... There's no arc. 
Marge learns to be a bad person. I don't know what that what kind of arc that is. Um, but I think it's better. I know this for sure, Matt. I know it's better than Tennis the Menace. I despise Tennis the Menace. Um, because the family is awful towards each other for that entire uh-huh. episode. I think, I think, I think also think that Kill Gill is worse than Million Dollar AB. I think Million Dollar AB is better than Kill Gill. I would agree. It is the test is, I think, is it better or worse than Kiss Kiss Bang Bangalore? I think Kiss Kiss Bang Bangalore has more of a plot, but I think Kiss Kiss Bang Bangalore has right. more terrible offensive jokes. Um, nothing overt. I think that's why Kiss Kiss Bang Bangalore is this high on the list. It could be way worse. It's not overt racism in Kiss Kiss Bang Bangalore. It's more subtle, more subtle forms of racism and general wrongheadedness than just overt, like, hey, let's just be racist towards Indian people for 20 minutes. Um, I I think I agree. I think this is worse than Kiss Kiss Bang Bangalore. When upon upon thinking, like it's it's offensive to me as a Simpsons fan because it's so lazy. Yep, it's so lazy. It's I'm, incredibly lazy like, and it's awful and it's a waste of your time. Me and Matt could sit down in the afternoon and write a better episode with Kill, of the Kill Gill. Just the two of us. We're not comedy writers. We could write a better episode. People listening to this podcast could sit down. Take anybody from this listen, listening to this. Who's they? You guys have all watched The Simpsons. Probably watched a lot of it. I guarantee you, any of you, given gave given an afternoon, you could write a better Simpsons episode than Kogil. So you okay with that, right there, Matt? Right, right above, uh, right above Tennis am. the Menace, right below Kiss Kiss Bang Bangalore. It's another good buddy cop movie. Is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? Even though it's, I guess that is technically it is, a, it uh, is buddy Art, cop. Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer. They're buddy cops. They're not cops, I guess, but they're investigating. So I, I get, I let it happen. You know, I give it that. You know, they're not cops, but you know, buddy cops doesn't mean necessarily cops. People investigating things. Um, so that is Kill Gill Volumes One and Two. New number three forty-five in the list, right below three forty-four, which is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. We're right above Tennis the Menace. Number one on the list is still Homer's Enemy. Last place is still Codependence Day. Um, our next episode is The Wife Aquatic. Okay, so this the title is obviously based off The Life Aquatic with CZ Sue. I'm going to say the episode has zero percent to do with that. You're right; it has the zero to do with that. Um, oh, okay. Is they go to a little New England town. A barnacle bay and the family gets into hijinks as far as i can tell um that's next week we have one more thing to do matt before we leave though one more question all right one more question to answer and that question is do we shoot this episode out of the cannon so matt a lot of times we fire this cannon with anger um because we we hated that we had to watch a terrible episode we wanted out of our memories mm-hmm. and but I'm going to say I'm going to put a little spin on it diff- this differently this week because okay. obviously we're firing the cannon. But this 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 is this is an opportunity. It's an opportunity for the Simpsons writers to introduce reintroduce Gil as a real character. Mm-hmm. With this episode gone out of the cannon, they'll have a new chance. The next time we we see Gil as a as a supporting as a as a main character in an episode, it's a fresh it's a fresh take new Gil. This gill doesn't exist technically to, to us. Nope. So this is us being kind. This is a learning experience. Make gill better. You can do it. Fire the cannon.
That's it. Goodbye. It's gone. Good luck next Don't time. Think about it ever again. Good luck. Good luck next time, Gil. Um, we can uh, go up to the top of our list as we work our way down, answering the same question: if we should if we keep the episodes in a canon or not. Um, we are now number sixty-eight, and that is a millhouse divided. Of course, of course. This is just the 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 absolutely perfect one that's all about you know uh, divorce and how it affects children. <laughs> It's not. I think it's it's low on this list because it is a little awkward at times. Um, the arcs of like it's about Homer. Homer and Marge are the people that like get back together at the end. Well, they don't really get back together because they weren't apart really. But you know, Millhouse. It's about you know Kirk and Luann, and neither of them are very likable. But it's very funny, and I think Millhouse divided is mostly just carried by how funny that episode is, and you know the uh, dignity and get ask the cat and big wheel down at the cracker factory and. I don't. I don't recall saying good luck. <laughs> Things like that. Just oh, the the Simpsons uh, something posters. Love that. Particular ah, episode. yes, they do indeed. Um, so of course, Mel Survive stays in the canon. Oh, Matt, we're done. That's Thank it. Thank goodness. That's it. Um, you can find me online. Before we go, you can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. That's my name. My website is also my name. It's RobbieDorman.com. Has links to purchase all of my horror novels. My, I have eight of them. You should go buy them all. I'm just going to tell you. you should, they're all great. Uh, I wrote them, so of course they're great. The newest one is called Death Rattle. It's about a uh, uh, Texas redneck defending his dying town from a greedy greedy capitalist vampires. Uh, you absolutely want to get that one. It's my best book yet. It's available on Amazon. You can read it for free with Kindle Unlimited. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. That's true. I spend all of my time uh, managing cats, which I have to go clean right now because I just got a batch of six new ones and they are absolutely filthy 100% of the time. It really makes physics weep, quite frankly. Uh, but you can check out those adorable kittens at Kitten Turns, K-I-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S on Instagram, where someday you'll see them with their cute little ties looking cleaner than they ever are in real life. They are very cute. You should go follow the Instagram. It's very good. Um, that'll do it for us today. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And you keep watching the subtitles. Shh.